what I mean? You know what I mean? All right, let's do this. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Raw Knowledge Podcast with your host, as ever, Alex Connor. And I've got my coffee. It's not sponsored. It's called Grind Me. It's not a euphemism. It's 7 a.m., which just gone 7 a.m. in Australia. And I'm flipped back on the opposite end of the mic, and I've got another brilliant mind who I had the pleasure of featuring on his podcast. And today I'm with Matthew Burbridge, my friend. Give us a bit of a synopsis. What's happening on the other end of the world right now, my man? Hey, what's going on, brother? It's good to see you again uh, through this virtual vessel that we call social media and Zoom and all good things, bro. Uh, Over in the UK, things are going all good. I feel very abundant about life right now, very prosperous. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun, even though there is some, as you know, adversities in the mist for me at this present moment in time. But, you know, showing up, fucking trying to make a difference, my brother. That's it, mate. Leading by example, as always. I remember that first conversation when Chris connected us and I was like, oh, yeah, Matt, like, that's cool. We should do a podcast. Let's go for a coffee. Me just assuming that you were over here. You're like, <laughs> mate, I would love to, but... uh not I'm not like around the corner I'm sort of like around the other part of the world at the minute that was me just being naive uh, in that moment <laughs> thinking that <laughs> you were based in Australia but uh that's all right mate but I'm sure you know we're gonna make up for that one day I'm gonna come to your beautiful restaurant cafe slash gym slash lifestyle slash a bit of everything which we'll get into um or vice versa on the beautiful beaches of the Gold Coast or, or wherever it oh. might be it might be somewhere in between Oh, I would love to. Bali sounds like it's calling me. Yeah. So just going to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a very popular spot for the entrepreneur yeah. online lifestyles, you know? Literally. I was speaking to somebody about this the other day. It's like picturesque. And, you know, if you want to make it, if you want to seem like you've made it as a successful entrepreneur, all you really need to do is get a ticket <laughs> to Bali. You got to do one way, haven't you? Because then you're committed. I think so. And then, <laughs> and once you get there, take some flashy photos, and you're good to go. You could sell anything. I'm pretty sure you could. Literally, and I think like the <laughs> conversion rate is ridiculous. So you live like a king. People become institutionalized. They don't want to come back. You've got maids. <laughs> you've got you know these villas you live in, and oh, what a life! What a life! But um, for, for the people who may not be aware of who you are, now I know some of the avid listeners will because they had to listen uh, to me uh, on your podcast on that episode. So they would have got a little bit of an insight. But as always, let's start right at the beginning. Tell people who you are, what you do, but more importantly, why you do it. Yeah, it's a good question. That were good selection of questions rolled up into one question. Um, it's like a power question. <laughs> should be a new thing a power question bro um i am gonna start from the from the from the beginning and as i as i kind of tell a little bit about my story it will kind of make sense as to why i why it's all ended up here Mm. because what i do today is the reason that you know what i do today is ultimately just a um the outcome of a series of events and circumstances and um lessons that i have had to go through and grow through in order to be here and all of that is within my story and like i say to my clients and to you know anybody that bothers to listen to me um to be honest with you is that all the answers are in your story so 
I was born in a pretty rough place in the UK um, to a dysfunctional family. Uh, to be honest, everybody struggled to like each other in our family. Um, and I had a pretty rough time growing up. Now, I can't really remember anything overly specific. I would need to look through a photo album. Um, anything before 10, I would really need to look through a photo album to really jog my memory as to what happened and you know, who I really was as a kid. Because unlike most people, you know, where they may remember, you know, holidays when they were younger or Christmases or birthdays, much of that really was, I use the word deleted um, or temporarily deleted because of something that happened when I was 10. So, you know, in the area that we come from, by the way, when I say rough, I mean, it was the kind of place where, you know, looking out of the window any night of the week would be either be you know uh, soft entertainment meaning you know kids throwing bottles at the ground or stones at windows or would be you know hardcore shit like people's heads being stamped on and people fighting and cars being stolen so when i say rough i mean i was from a rough fucking place and when i was 10 years old my brother went out one evening and um, murdered somebody and that changed the entire trajectory of my life as I know it and because I won't go into the details of it all because people really want to know the story in, in full it's been shared in multiple places um, but you know the long and short of it is is that after that event happened because we come from a very eye for an eye mentality uh, kind of area once my brother was sentenced we and into custody in fact we were then, for lack of a better term, hunted. Um, people would come to our house and try and break in. People would try and set fire through the door. And it basically ended up with us having a panic button installed in the property. There was one upstairs in my mum's bedroom and there was one downstairs in the kitchen. I remember that if there was something that happened, banging on the doors, the windows trying to be broke, like you could hit that button and the police would be there in three minutes, like flat. And that's the purpose of a panic button. They, they use them in really serious situations where somebody, you know, you fear for your life. And the reason why they couldn't just move us is because it's a, it's a council system over here, right? They don't just pick up a whole family and shift you out when something bad, like we had to stay there for a period of time until they could find us temporary, uh, a temporary place to live. Um, and this actually came in the form of uh, hostels and bed and breakfasts. Um, and that happened for well over a year. So I was pulled out of school. I was pulled away from all my friends that I grew up with. Um, I was actually labeled the boy whose brother murdered somebody. And I grew up with that label. Um, you know, not so much with those people calling me it because I got away from the area eventually, but certainly what I believed I was, mm. which is actually much worse because I believed I was nothing more than the boy whose brother murdered someone. Just nothing, doesn't deserve a good life because hey, why should I have a good life? My brother killed somebody, took someone's life. So therefore, um, this led me down the path of a lot of you know self-worth issues and rejection issues and generally struggled with the next few years as we've kind of been bouncing around and then placed into a new school. And even when I was put into a new school, you know, I'm like 11 years old, 11 and a half years old. 
I'm like trying to make, you know, the most of this new school. Nobody knew anything about me. My last name was changed by the pole, um, completely new area geographically and kind of felt like we could start again, you know, try and start life again. But it didn't really end up like that. What happened was I went to this new school, was immediately picked on because I was the weird kid. You know, I wasn't talking to anyone, bro. I was going through counseling at the time, 11 and a half years old. I was going through counseling. So I was, I was, I was quiet. I was reserved. I had a, you know, I was sitting in the corner. I was the boy in the corner, literally. I wasn't out there or outspoken or speaking to people because I had this big, dark, dirty secret that I couldn't tell anyone. And the secret was, is that, hey, my brother killed somebody. We were ripped out of our own hat. We were ripped out of our homes. I was pulled from school and now I've been put in this one. So it had to stay quiet. And one, two, skip a few after many years of, um, uh, of, of terrible time at school, ended up being uh, presented with the opportunity, I guess, to reinvent myself as I go to college. And, you know, uh, like I said, did have a great time in school. So there I am headed to college and I'm like, this is an opportunity, right? No one's going to know me. I can start again, right? I can, all, I can almost reinvent myself as who I am. But when you are in a serious lack of self-worth and when you live life through that lens as a victim, you end up actually just attracting more people who are the same as you, like a mirror, right? So I attracted other teenagers in the first year of college who were, you know, interested in leaning towards drugs for coping mechanisms because of things they've been through. And that's how I was ended up kicking out of college the first year. So I went into college, got kicked straight back out again. Um, after a couple of attempts at college, I ended up leaving with a diploma in something that I don't even fucking like. Um, it was a good, <laughs> good waste of time. And, uh, and then it, it ended up with me in probably my early, I'd say about 19, 20 years old. I had a serious drug, drug addiction for nearly four years after that. And it wasn't until January, uh, sorry, April, 2018, that I actually decided to share my story and I did it publicly. And I went through this phenomenal, um, you know, this, this, this self-healing journey, this, this, this letting go of all of that grimy shit that happened to me and really being able to step into a new identity and be who I really am. And, and for me, that is where my journey, um, so to speak with proper personal development, and business development really started. Although it did start much, much earlier than that. I won't bore you with any of the other details of starting and failing businesses and working nine to fives until I ground myself to the bone. I won't bore you with any of that shit. It's your general fucking rags to riches story, I guess. And uh, when I say riches, I don't even mean I've got a lot of it. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm doing good. And if it wasn't for the things that I've been through in my story, if it wasn't for the adversity that I faced, if it wasn't for the challenges that I've gone through, if it wasn't for the shit that I had to eat and the glass that I had to chew over all these years, probably wouldn't be who I am today or where I am today. And although I made a little joke about not having all the riches, um, you know, I live okay. I live good. I've got three beautiful children, um, twins most recently born and a six-year-old. I have a beautiful partner. Um, don't know what she sees in me. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. She fucking loves me. And um, generally just doing really well with coaching people on how to build an online business for their fitness business. But I'll tell you the beautiful thing before I pass it back over. 
is I don't help people build a business through these systems and strategies and all this other shit. I help people share their story. And really the reason I do that is because I understand how profound that is. When you go through the process of sharing your story and you let go of everything that's been holding you back, you can cut the shackles off your ankles and you can step into a life where you feel um, you've let go and you now have freedom and liberation and you can grow from there and a lot can happen. So with these fitness professionals that I work with, the vessel of how I help them build their business is through their story. Uh, and I'm th I think I might be right in saying I'm pr pretty much the only person that I know, the only business that I know, Fit Story Company is the only business that I know that actually does that still. So slightly longer than the few minutes that you gave me, but. <laughs> oh, there's, there's no time allocation on a podcast, my friend. That's the best <laughs> part about it. It's long form content. And mm. I like to give people the floor and the opportunity to speak as much or as little as they like. And then of course I can sort of harness that and direct it where we need to. But the podcast is a great form because there's only so much you can say on Instagram you know, YouTube, to a degree, we put these on there. Yes, but when you've got a podcast in, generally people are listening. They've got the AirPods in or whatever it is that you like brand-wise. You're in the car. And you might even revisit it a few times, you know, when you're going to and from work. I know I do when I'm traveling and I, I love a good podcast. I love a good story. And the thing is about stories, as you said, Matt, and I want to go back and underscore it, is it's been the longest form i think in history i believe um and the most popular of actually teaching because even back in the day day as the kids say now you know we were looking at whether it was in you know court jester town or where we were looking back prehistorically people would use stories to influence and educate people and the storytellers of our time were renowned as some of the greatest people and probably they hold a very very critical place in the sort of archetype of human beings if you will because ultimately without the storytellers although things may have you know gone through some chinese whispers sometimes we would not really be able to recollect what we know now so it was a really important role and by doing that as you said and we'll delve into this more now helping people uncover their story people connect with you and what you're about rather than just what you do and this is kind of why we have that as you termed it i like that power question because, you know, people often talk about what they do. And a lot of podcasts are very Q&A, like, you know, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? How do you do it? But, you know, everyone knows that has a clue. Uh, it's not what you do. It's why you do it. And, and ultimately, that is going back to your story, because your story mm. is why you do what you do. And obviously, you help people share their story. You've got a podcast, Fit Story TV, as we've aforementioned. Now, what I'd like to do before we dive more into that and and perhaps even how you help people more specifically, because you give us a lovely overview and you've painted a beautiful picture for us in terms of where you've come from, which is great because now people have a bit of context. They can sort of start to be building, you know, a mental image, if you will. Um, there's a key word in there, fit, right? Now, fitness and health has obviously played a large role in your story, like it has mm -hmm. to a lot of people out there. A lot of people find fitness through adversity. And as one of my favorite uh, athletes said many years ago, you know, when we build our fitness, when we build our physique, we're building our armor and our armor tells a story about us. And most people usually get into 
fitness or sport or an athletic endeavor because of something that's happened to them negatively and they sometimes get into it for the wrong reasons to fill a void and then hopefully at some point that transitions into something more intrinsic rather than extrinsic in terms of a motivation so for you uh, you mentioned to me if memory serves something about boxing and fighting Mm -hmm. how that was a key uh, element for you but apart from that and even if it was that could you perhaps delve into us and speak that a little bit how that helped you perhaps hone that focus hone the aggression hone the skill sets and how then you've paid that forward to other people and help them achieve success in their own fitness endeavors and then we'll go into more of i guess the business side and a few other bits and pieces that i'm interested in absolutely so i guess a great place to start with this is you know me sharing my story uh in april 2018 like I said, that was first time publicly and it's taken me some time to really understand what it was that gave me, cause you don't hold on to something like that for 18 years. And then all of a sudden just share it. Like there was reason, there was factors that went into why I decided it was then, you know, some of these are, uh, I had a friend slash mentor who really urged me to do it after seeing him, um, you know, and his story and the fact that, you know, this guy, I mean, today he's a multi seven figure course creator, uh, living in Bali, actually, funnily enough. <laughs> yes, of course he is. But, um, you know, he really helped. He, he shone some light on the fact that my story was really, really quite an incredible story and it could help a lot of people. Um, the other one, the, you know, the other one really was um, fitness and health and going more specifically going through my own fitness transformation um so i've graced the stages as a bodybuilder i did it once didn't like it after that didn't want to continue to pose in my pants on stage doesn't mean i don't love it doesn't mean i ain't got a thing for it but just wasn't didn't desire to do it again and again and again um and i attribute me being able to share my story to the fucking transformation that i went through because when you go through a transformation it's not just physical it's mental it's spiritual it's emotional physical is like the byproduct of it you you start getting chiseled abs because you worked your shit out you start getting veiny fucking adonis belt because hey you you let go of some internal baggage around whatever it is that was causing you to overeat which was causing you to not have your veins where you wanted them right so For me, when I look back on it, I'm like, what was it about fitness that really helped me share my story? And what it did was me going through the transformation a couple of years prior, I think it was 2017, actually, when I went through my fitness transformation, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, got on stage. And then in 2018 was when I shared my story. And I say I attribute a lot of the uh, strength that I had and the courage that I have to that. Because if I hadn't gone through that process, and I hadn't really become a stronger person, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of it, then I probably wouldn't have been able to do that. I probably wouldn't have been able to do that. Now, I don't know for sure, but that's the story I tell myself because to me, it means that there is significance in the journey that I went through, my fitness journey, and it holds more weight, you know? So when I look back and I'm like, who was I before all of this? Who was I I before I even was bodybuilding? I was a fucking drug addict. I had a drug habit, man. Bad one. For nearly four years, I did drugs every day. Sometimes so many 
I didn't sleep for days on end, days on end. I think the longest period of time I went without any sleep and I crashed my car was four and a half days. Fortunately, it was on a roundabout. Someone hit into the side of my car and they drove off because I'm pretty sure that maybe they, they, they were also intoxicated or something, but they drove off. But the point I'm making is that, you know, for me to have built the courage that I needed and the strength that I needed, uh, that I got from my trans fitness transformation, I probably w- wouldn't have been able to share that story because it ge- it felt like it gave me that. So I actually, you know, I owe a lot of what I have today to fitness. Um, and I owe a lot of what I have also to storytelling, which is why it kind of makes sense. It kind of comes together for me, you know, and it's why I'm so passionate about helping other people find it and share it. It's powerful stuff. And to kind of tack onto that with the the fitness endeavors or even just moving your body. I mean, physiologically, we're meant to do it, but I often use the verbiage that, you know, health and fitness and training can be so much more than just the physical, as you said, and it correlates massively mentally because it starts from the mental, that discipline, the desire, the dedication, the consistency, the persistence, the perseverance, all of that, it creates a lot of mental aptitude, it takes a lot of mental aptitude and creates a lot of character because ultimately fitness is just overcoming a series of obstacles and adversities. And the more you do that in small wins, whether that's being able to do a press up, you know, or doing a pull up or doing a few more reps or hitting the bag a few more times or getting a little bit leaner, whatever the endeavor is, ultimately, it's the same thing. It's overcoming some sort of inertia, some force. And when you do that, you collectively get better and you get used to it. You're applying small bouts of stress on the body over time in a progressive manner to be able to then apply more stress, to be able to deal with more stress, and therefore you build a better skill set. And I think a lot of the time, if we sit back and look at it and we apply that, like you've said, Matt, to the rest of your life, you can actually go within and go, well, I've actually got that skill set now. I mean, I already had it, but now it's been honed, if you will, to be able to apply Mm. that. Um, And that's a great skill to be able to pass on to, to other people if you will, in that respect, what, uh, what I'd love to delve into, especially for the listeners, because, and you probably get this a lot and I'd love to know how you tackle this. People often say, I don't have a story. You've got a story. You've, you know, you've been through it. And some people get into this like comparison, like I need a story or it's gotta be something really bad or something really good. And it's gotta be better. And it's like, no, the whole point of the story is it's your story. It's unique to you. And when people actually sit down and they have a think about it and they reminisce, we all have a story, you know, and this is obviously Mm. something you do. So I'd love to know how you approach that with some of the clients that you work with, uh, even the guests that you have on the podcast, how do you sort of, if you will, pry people open in a way where they feel open to sharing and actually be able to create a story? And I guess more specifically to the business people, share the story in a way that helps them achieve success in the business realms, because I know this will be really valuable to the people listening. Mm, there's so much that I could say on that. There's so many things. There's so m- many areas that i could uh, i could ultimately dive into but i think we'll stick with a few we'll stick with like maybe two or three um really important things so the first thing is i actually said about this the other day to a client like um when do you share um you know so some people will try to make up a story 
um because they, they think they don't have one so they'll try and make up a story um or they'll try and retell a story they'll try and tell someone else's story like you know the old muhammad ali story or, or one of these other ones that's completely old and washed out and no one really cares about them anymore um in terms of the stories i mean because they've been heard so many times so they either try and do that or they try and force a story like create one out of nothing right create a story about who who they are what they do why they do it um, that's that's based on fallacies, things they've made up. And this is because it's hard to become vulnerable and to open up certain parts of our lives and be and communicate them. So when I say that, what I mean is um, if you if you are if you are ready to share, meaning you feel like you need to share this story like I did, couldn't hold it anymore. It was destroying my fucking life. It was destroying me from the inside out. It's turning me, it had already turned me into someone I didn't want to be. So if the story is in there and you feel and you feel like you need to share or you want to share and you're doing it for the purpose of helping someone else, this is number one, great way to, to start. If you don't want to help someone else and you want to purely use a story in order to grow your business, then you, you need to be very calculated about how you approach the story because otherwise you're going to create something, you're going to put it out, it's going to flop. Um, so th there is so much that I could say on, on that subject. Um, and the first one definitely would be share when you're ready to share, share when it feels like you need to share. And the second one would be don't make them up, like don't try and create a story for the sake of creating a story. And the third one would be if you're trying to tell a story to get more business, then you need to understand how to tell stories, which is a skill set. It's just like carving a great body. It takes time to do that, to learn the skills that you need and the knowledge that you need in order to get the result you want. So the other thing, of course, you could outsource it. <laughs> so um, I guess that's one of the things that I could say. The other one would be when it comes to sharing your story, and being in a place uh, and, be and being in a place where you feel that the story to share the story is more important to you to get it out there into the universe and to share your message than anything else right so this is what it became for me it became for me this thing where i was like i know that my story is painful to live with so i need to share this for myself that's first and foremost and because i shared it from that place it was very authentic didn't seem like that I was sharing it for us for a secondary purpose or for a certain other reason and it came through the opposite the other end as it was authentic so people could really connect with that people could really understand who I was and why I was sharing it so again like there's so many answers that I could give you to that question but uh, you know please do feel free to ask some counter questions to what I've gone through and we'll see if we could dive a bit deeper into some of that yeah, no, for sure. It's always a large playing field. And I think it's whatever it means to you or whatever those questions sort of elicit and resonate what the whatever you go to at that point in time. I think, like you said, you made some really good key points there about you've got to feel ready, which is probably critical because some people feel obligated. And then if it's forced, like you said, sometimes then we start to see, you know, made up um, transactional sort of stories mm -hmm. or even, you know, scenarios which are sometimes hard to connect with because you can always tell usually when something's authentic and when someone's kind of turning on unless they're very good at acting um mm. which is a, a totally different subject but 
I think something that would be valuable for the listeners as well to tack onto that perhaps is even when you do work with people, and we've talked about this before we turned the mics fully on, so to speak, or recording, is the ability to, you know, not only believe in yourself, but also by doing less, which is a backward concept, can get more. So, you know, as coaches, we sometimes think that we need to do more with our clients. We sometimes feel like imposters, or we feel like we need to micromanage because we're not doing enough. But oftentimes, the hallmark of a good coach is by asking better questions, doing less, but being able to elicit a lot more from your clients, from your audience. So what are some of the things that you do to facilitate that? And you can use some real life examples here if you feel comfortable with clients. And it could be perhaps, you know, conversations you've had with them. And, you know, to reiterate what you said before, you're almost unconventional, if you will, in your approach. And you're not someone who's going, right, we need a business plan and we need this spreadsheet. We need this metric and we've got to do this. And, you know, some of those things have merit, but ultimately your style and your flow is a lot more organic and natural. That's the way I'd terminize it. So, perhaps talk us through, you know, what you would ask. And I know this is individual to each client. So perhaps that's why I'm saying give us some some real life examples so people can kind of, you know, understand that and sort of come with you on that ride, if you will. Cool. So first things first, I think when it comes to growing a business, uh, a lot of people tend to look at the business mm. first, because, hey, I'm growing a business. So they look at the business. But if we think about why a business works, why, why is a business successful? It's successful because of us, the person, the person who runs the business. So sometimes when people have problems in business, what they don't realize is that there's a problem within themselves. And so to ch- tap into what you were saying, a lot of what I do with people is I will help them solve the problems that are in their business. I will always find the fundamental truth of the problem. So, you know, what is really this problem? Not the story that you've created, but what is actually the problem? And then how do we how do we really move you through fixing the problem? Because we need to look at you. We need to look at what's going on inside your mind and what story you're telling yourself and rewire that story and get you to have a breakthrough. Because when you have a personal breakthrough, you're going to have a business breakthrough. Oftentimes, people look at the business first and they try and solve all these different problems in their business. And the business doesn't fucking grow. The business doesn't move forward. It's because there's a problem with you in your subconscious. Obstacle is not always in the business. The obstacle often resides in the subconscious. So once we can kind of get into there and we can rewire that story and a story for abundance and prosperity and love and happiness and fulfillment and success and money and all the good stuff, you will start to get more of that. So what I don't do is I don't work on systems with people. If you want a business coach that's going to fucking show you how to go into Facebook groups every day and send 25 cold DMs a day and, you know, spend all your time doing outreach every day and having to show up on seven different social media platforms for omnipresent purposes every day go find yourself one of those business coaches but i can get people the, the better results or if not the, the same results if not even better results than most of those business coaches and i don't even fucking touch any of that i will just help you see the story that you're selling yourself is bullshit about why your business isn't really working and help you really re- rewire that so alex one of the things that i haven't really covered is that 
there are two stories that we tell. We tell the story we tell ourselves and the story we tell the world. And my coaching is focused on those two things. The story we tell ourselves first and foremost is the mindset that we must carry in order to have breakthroughs and go and grow a successful business. And then the story we tell the world is everything in your marketing campaign. It's everything outside. It's the words that you speak. It's how you show up as your brand, et cetera. So all that stuff should really come secondary to the story that you tell yourself. But people got it backward. People are trying to fucking solve the business problems and trying to grow a business. And they're not looking at themselves and they're certainly not looking at the story they're telling themselves. So that's kind of how I start things with every single client. And why I am seen, I guess, is a little bit unorthodox because most people will say, well, Matt, how, do you, how did you take, so I use a client for an example. This client signed up with me uh, four weeks, four and a bit weeks ago. Um, this guy honestly was telling himself a really, a real bullshit story about finances, about his successes. Um, mainly those two areas were like really quite tainted by this, you know, the stories he was coming up with about why he needed to be broke because when he's broke, that's when he gets the biggest, he does the most work. And when he grinds hardest is when his back's against the wall. But the problem was, is that his business wasn't moving forward because he was fulfilling the prophecy of, hey, when I'm broke, I work the hardest. But when he works the hardest, he's also very stressed. And the stress is stopping him from building his business because when he's stressed, everything goes out the window. He can't show up on social media. He can't run the systems. He can't speak to clients. He doesn't want to do coaching calls. He doesn't want to do podcasts. But you see, he thought, hey, if I continue, if I, if I am broke and I've got no money in my account, I will work the hardest I've ever worked and I'll always get better results that way. And the results weren't there. So what we did was we started with the story and I made him see very, very quickly that that story was not helping. It was not serving. And that actually what he needed to do was relieve the stress in his business. So that meant that we needed to look at a couple of other, other things. And what this client done in four weeks was go from having 200 pounds in his account where he really couldn't afford much else <laughs> to, to, to just do it. And this number still blows my mind because I feel like I haven't done anything. He done it all with just a few questions and a little bit of support. And so he went from 200 in his account to 24 and a half thousand in, in a month. Like, how does that happen when I haven't even given him a system? I have not given him a, a business system once. I haven't been on a call with this guy and been like, yo, dude, so the system you're going to run this week on TikTok is this, this is your content strategy. This is what you, I ain't fucking done any of that. I just got on the call with him and I was like, bro, like, let's figure this out. Like I asked a few simple questions. We're trying to tap into his thought process and tapped into his thought process. And, and all of a sudden he's telling me that he wants to earn 25 K per month. I'm like, cool, that's doable. Absolutely. Where are you at now? Well, I've got 200 pound in my account. Right. So you're doing something wrong then because otherwise you'd have 25 K in your account. Right. He's like, yeah, but I, I feel like, you know, when I'm broke, that's when I produce the best work. And I said, what else happens when you're broke? He said, oh, I'm stressed. I said, that's a terrible story, bro. You need to re rewrite, that, rewrite that story because it seems to me that firstly, if you produce the best work when you're broke, you need to be producing 25K in your account right now because you're broke. So where's the money in your account, which it wasn't there. And then secondly, this idea that you need to be in struggle in order to produce results is why you're struggling constantly. Mm -hmm. so 
all we needed to really do was reframe some of the questions he was asking himself, some of the questions that I asked him, and then get him to have the breakthrough. And that's what I do with all of my clients. Like I'm not, I'm not doing any, I'm not doing anything other than just asking quality questions. Because when we ask quality questions, we get quality answers. I'm not doing much else outside of that and and giving them the support they need, the belief that they need sometimes when they lack it themselves. Other than that, it's there's no systems running, there's no ads running, there's no none of none of that stuff. Yeah, I think I mean I love that. I think there's a lot of uh, golden nuggets in there for people as well, and a lot of people get caught up in and there's and I understand this because there's a lot of marketing out there now. And marketing in and of itself is not evil, but it's like anything that's popular. There's a there's a skin, there's a surface that you have to peel back to find what it is. And most people are too busy on the outskirts of focusing on things. And this is the same in health and fitness and any facet of life. What people think, perception versus reality is very different. And oftentimes it's going to the root cause, as you aforementioned there, finding out what is actually going on with that person, with that dialogue, and that from that point, from going from the inside out, you're generally going to find what's working, what isn't. But also by asking key questions and doing less, again, you can get to these places where you're achieving, you know, a whole lot more. So ultimately, you know, whether whatever you want to term it as, I mean, I just use the broad term coach nowadays, because there's so many ways to label it. And it's not even about the label. Again, people are focusing on the cosmetic, the superficial Mm -hmm. rather than what the thing is because people like pretty and shiny things, but it's like, yeah, but what is it at its core? And ultimately people like yourself are just facilitating success for the people. And Mm. sometimes it can just be in my experience, exploring the opportunities and the answers that already exist in the room. And what I mean by that is most people actually know what to do. Now that's a bit of a, an ironic statement. It's also controversial, contrarian, if you will. And I tell you why, because when I sit down with the client or you sit down with the client, they're there for a reason. And if you said, Hey, you already have the answers, you know what to do. They'd be like, well, why am I coming to see you? Well, you might not know the specifics or the intricacies or the terminology of it, but fundamentally you actually already know. We, you just don't realize it. you've got the keys. Everyone's got the keys. You just, perhaps don't know how to use the keys to open the door or you've just literally fumbling around with keys and you can't find them within yourself to use a metaphor if you will mm-hmm. but as you said matt by asking the right questions by holding them accountable by dropping the bullshit by holding up the mirror oftentimes with these simple strategies you can actually get people to have these realizations and breakthroughs where they go, right, yeah, this this isn't rocket science and nothing ever is. If I'll tell you something for everyone listening. If the answer is too complicated, it's often not the answer unless you're working with algebra. And even then there is an element of simplicity to it, right, with rocket science. So as, as we love to quote all the time, and I think that's really valuable by being able to go and do that. And I would say for a lot of people listening, I'm going to throw this back to you for and you've already given some great advice for people who are at a place where they're ready to share their story or be happy or perhaps they're not happy with their business where do you think some of the best places to start are um, especially if they don't know about a business coach or they can't sit down with someone like yourself you know and obviously we'll put some some links at the end so for people who are ready they can reach out 
to you and they can follow you for more inspiration and guidance, what are some of the key things if you had to summarize, maybe even bullet point them in, again into three main things mm -hmm. that you would get the listeners to do, even for existing coaches, because we have a lot of coaches yeah. out there. We have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this podcast. What are some of the, the, the tools that you would give them, even if they are already doing quote unquote well, that they could do to enhance their you know their business exposure again by not necessarily doing these things like facebook marketing or going on tiktok or whatever it is like the actual root cause of things which will monopolize all of that yeah so i think it's really important at this point to ask people are they doing what they love to do and when i say that i don't want you to just jump at an answer real quick and be like yeah i'm doing what i love to do because it's a very vague question. When I say, are you doing what you love to do in your business? Now it becomes a different answer. Uh, what are you doing in your business that you love to do? That is something you want to do more of. Now it's a different answer. What are some of the things in your business that you want to do? And sorry, that you love to do that you want to do more of that is going to uh, that and how is that going to improve your business three ways in the next 60 days? Now it's a different answer. So you see what I would suggest that people do first and foremost is to spend time with questions. And when I say that, <coughs> have you heard of a, <coughs> a book called The Road Less Stupid? Not actually, no, I'll be honest. Keith, Keith Cunningham, there's one for people, go buy that book. And in that book, he talks a lot about question, uh, sorry, uh, something called thinking time. And this is something that, you know, I've read this book a long time ago and recently uh, restarted reading it. And he talks a lot about thinking time. And if you think about human beings, any of the people listening, including myself and you right now, we don't spend an awful lot of time thinking, do we? We don't. Think about that. We spend a lot of time making decisions there we go. That's the one. Just for people on that. the visual. There it is on the audio. I'm going to add it to my Road list now. Stupid. That's a rad book. It will change the game, right? So in that book, he talks a lot about um, how people don't spend a lot of time thinking. Uh, we spend a lot of time making decisions. And without getting too, you know, too deep into it, you know, a lot of these decisions are made automatically by the brain because the brain is just operating based on patterns. And the habits that we have happen sometimes without us even knowing we're just subconsciously carrying out actions every day mm. but your the results that you have in your life and business right now are nothing more than an outcome of the questions you ask yourself mm. what you believe to be true and the actions that you take every day that is that is it fundamentally that is what that is if you look around you look at the money in your account you look at the people in your life you look at the car that you drive you look at the shoes on your feet it's all a fucking manifestation of the questions you ask yourself again what you believe to be true and also the actions you take and oftentimes the reason why you're not manifesting what you want or you don't have what you want is because you're asking yourself shitty questions and you're getting shitty answers or you're believing things that are not good to believe. I am not good enough. I don't have the audience. All this shit is negative self-talk. It's a dialogue. It's a story that you're going to tell yourself that's going to keep you where you're at. And sure as shit, you and the actions that you take, which is fundamentally important, right? We can't wish a lot of stuff into existence. We have to do shit too. 
But if we really think about what I've just said, and you really look around and you look at your life and the things you have, that is fundamentally what it is. It's that, right? So the first thing that I would say, <clears throat> Keith Cunningham says it, spend more time thinking. Sit down every morning, pull out your journal. I've got a cool little, uh, this is this is super dope. I've got this like um, last Christmas, I think, but this is super cool. It's like a leather bound, a leather bound pad, right? I got this with the NASA pen as well. The fuck that is all about. Apparently, US government, oh, I love the, I love the light and bro. Where's the lion one? Oh, I've got more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, yes. The original journals, and they're the lion ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know it, brother. But yeah, the leather-bound so, ones are great. It's almost like... Leather-bound. It, it adds some sort of mystical mythology to the whole, like, ooh, there's something very wise in here. It it really does. And, and that's what it I've should got. be. Yeah, yeah, and it should be. There should be stuff that's mm. wise in here. There shouldn't be a whole lot of shit because... You should spend time if you really want to change your business, you like whatever it is, then you, you want to spend time really thinking about that. Think about it. What do you want? What does it look like? When do you want it? Why do you want it? Who else has it? Start thinking about it. And you can do that simply by just journaling and asking yourself questions. So you can start like I did with a vague question. You can start with, you know, what do I love to do in my business? And then you take it to the next level and the next level. And each time that you do, you continue to refine and craft these questions. Then you sit with it. Then you think about it in the morning for 15 minutes with your journal. And then you find an answer. And all of a sudden, this answer is a great answer and it yields great outcome. And we can begin to change stuff. Um, that is where I get people to start. Mm. Simple stuff like that. And it's like, why are people paying? You know, people would say, why is people paying you know, four figures to, to, to learn how to ask questions because it's fucking no one's asking good questions to themselves. No. We haven't been taught to sit and ask questions. We haven't been taught to do that. It's all band-aid solutions for the most part. 100%. These days. No one is, well, I say no one, there are a few people because we exist teaching the fundamentals as I like to call it, which is what the, underlying success comes from and to use a metaphor to fit for everyone that's visual and very vivid i always just use the same concept of a house or a structure because everyone gets it and people are trying to do interior designs straight away and they've got no foundations you've got no house you've got no structure you've got no building how are you going to put paint on the walls how are you going to put a sofa in a house you've not even built yet People mm. like to do, because that's the fun stuff. That's the icing. That's the personalization. That stuff's the cherry on the cake, which you can't put a cherry on a cake that doesn't exist. So mm. let's start with the fundamentals. But the fundamentals are challenging. They are unnerving. They're difficult because you have to really think about it. Like you said, Matt, you've got to sit down. You've got to journal it. You can't just knee-jerk reaction these things. You have to really sit with it. And most people, what are they doing? They're straight up, bang, into the phone. They're on the toilet. They're on the phone. You know, TV, they're in the car. They're listening to some bullshit or whatever because usually it's crap. They're not actually reading mm. anything. They're into work. That's a whole load of just nonsense, If especially if they're not doing what they're doing. So they really yeah. never, most people, never get the opportunity to like you said think and a couple of lessons that i've learned lately from listening to some podcasts and reading a lot more books these days as people will know is the art of doing nothing 
to actually achieve a lot of something. And some people would say that that sounded like a Jeremy Clarkson intro, didn't it? Some people would say, uh, anyway, no, <laughs> and here's another thing that, um, you know, that, that sounds like nonsense and it, it almost does. So I'll give it some context. So for example, you know, as you go through your life, there's a lot of things that we encounter. We're constantly in a, in an era where everything's just bang, we're bombarded with noise. And we're, we're trying to filter it out, whether we realize it or not. We're always making decisions all the time. You get up, what do I wear? Do I go to the toilet? Do I have a coffee? Do I not? Where do we get it from? Bam, 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 bam. Now, willpower is a finite thing. and We only have so many choices a day. That's been illustrated by some of the most creative minds in the industry, i.e. Steve Jobs. He wore the same thing every day. Was he an idiot? No, mm -hmm. he was clever. He understood that he only had so many decisions and he didn't want to waste one on what to wear. And I don't want people to get caught up in that. I want people to understand the concept. I'm not saying you have to do that, but when you standardize things, the things that don't really have a lot of impact and you focus on the things that do and using that brain power, as you said, Matt, to answer important questions, there's a concept in lean, I believe it is, which is five why, which is asking the question five times at least to get to the place, which is a little bit more, okay, now we're starting to skate on grounds that are a little bit more solid and firm. And as you said, it's ultimately asking that question again and again mm -hmm. and again and again in a more refined way. And I think that is super valuable for a lot of people. But, you know, hopefully with our audience, a lot of people will take that on board. I know a lot of people won't. And this is the difference. People don't want to do the work. They are in love with the ideology of success and mm -hmm. you know chasing something usually that just has a monetary value and i've done it myself and i'm speaking from experience and this is why they never achieve success because it goes back to what that question you said in one form is doing what you love but again it's vague it's you know mm -hmm. what gets you excited what gives you purpose that's the thing and when you absolutely that, uh, you, you i was on that yeah you can go, go so much deeper with that too so yeah. when it comes to doing what you love like let's think about this in business terms in mm. systems terms right so and we spoke about this just before we did go live um so if you don't enjoy cold dming like if that's a strategy that just really just makes you feel grotty and you just don't like it then don't fucking do it mm. like take that off of the list of things that you do for your business and then you might get somebody just jump in and say well matt if i don't cold dm people how am i supposed to have conversations with people let's address another thing we'll park that for a minute but let's address another thing what do you really love doing now in terms of lead gen or in fact just in terms of anything in your business so you might say to me well you know what i like speaking to people i like communicating i like building relationships awesome well guess what do more of that and they're like yeah but what does that look like well it looks to me like reaching out to people who like alex for example and me and i'm like yo dude you got a podcast i got a podcast if you do some shit right that is going to create inevitably new exposure to new people and audience and i haven't had to go through the process of cold dming in order to get in front of those people or build those connections i've i've done something that i love doing I don't spend any time whatsoever in DMs with people. I just don't. My business is six figures a year easily. And that's just the coaching side of things. And that is like, I, I get there because I'm not doing things I don't like doing. If you don't like writing content, then guess what? You might be more of a video person. So find yourself a platform that favors video. 
and go fucking all in on it because hey you're doing something you like you're going to want to spend more time doing it you're going to invest more energy into it and it's going to transpire differently to your audience they're going to be like this person feels like they're in their flow and i can see that in the same way that guess what i don't i don't like doing videos i like i show up every now and again on instagram stories but i'm if anyone goes and follows me now you will see that i don't do many posts on social media I'm barely doing stories. I do a couple of day, if that. Um, I, I don't do the general, you know, business guru stuff that most people do. But yet my business is succeeding and my clients are succeeding. So it, the way that we think business needs to be done, cold DMs, constant outreach, showing up on all these different platforms, yada, yada, yada. That's obviously not the only way. And not just me serving as an example for that, but so is millions of other people out there that are building the business that they want by doing the things that they want. And when we focus on doing the things that we want to do more of and we enjoy doing them, you're gonna get the better, you're gonna get better results from it. Like Alex was saying a minute ago, it's not worth you doing a whole bunch of stuff in your business for the sake of being busy, for the sake of showing up and like oh i fucking worked myself to the bone today i did in my business oh i really great what results did you get well yeah about that um don't know if i actually got any results what's the point do less but do more of what you love and yield a better result i guarantee it right now that if you took an inventory of a monday to a friday Let's say you don't work the weekends like I don't, right? You took a month, I used to, don't anymore. Not how I want to build my business, don't like it. So let's say you took an inventory of Monday to Friday. And I said, right now in Monday, I want you to write down all the things you did for your business that day. Tuesday, repeat process. Wednesday, repeat process. Do that for the full week and come back to me with an inventory of things that you did. You go away and you do that. So, you know, um, send emails out to this, uh, spent time speaking to customers, done this, that is this. You might have a whole list of different shit that you did in your business. But when we revise that list and I say, well, how much of this did you enjoy? You go, mm, well, I didn't really like sending that email campaign. That's not really something that I like doing. Great. Well, then guess what? We can either eliminate that or we can reduce it or you can outsource it, delegate it, right? You don't have to do it. So why are people showing up, making decisions in their business, doing things in their business for the sake of what? If it's not fruitful if it doesn't produce results you you, sh you need to stop doing it like how much longer are you going to smash your head against the wall is it albert einstein that said doing the same thing over and over again is the definition of crazy right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so people need to look at their business in a different way like i said before this before this podcast i i i created something called it's not the most fancy of names but build the build a successful business through the lens that you choose because ultimately you get to you get to decide what it looks like now isn't that simple of course because you might decide this is how i want to build my business but when the going gets tough and things are getting hard and the leads are slowing down and you feel like well fuck me i need to go back to that old system don't i where i inbox loads of people again or where i do this again no, don't do it. Hold off. Stop that. Because the second that you come out of that alignment of building the business how you want to build it, and you go and dip your toes in, in doing something that's out of alignment to what you say that you want, the universe is going to be super confused. God, creator, whatever you want to decide it is that you, that you put your higher faith in your future self, whatever, it's going to go, no, 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 no. Now you're acting out of alignment. You're breaching your own terms.
And when we breach our own terms of conditions and our own on our own boundaries and we overstep the fucking mark, what are we doing? If you're doing it on that level, something like that, you probably find that you're going to be doing it in other areas too. So you always have to be acting in alignment to the goals that you've set, not just the goals, but also the systems that you run in your business. Otherwise, you aren't going to like it. You might get burnt out and you probably won't even get great results. And if you get one thing out of the podcast, that'd be fucking it because that's brilliant. And I couldn't agree more with what you said. There's a common theme constantly reoccurring in a lot of conversations that we have on podcasts with people who actually achieve real success, not just from a monetary standpoint, from all facets. And again, it's that element of simplicity, doing less, but more quality to achieve more. And again, it's not what people think. Ultimately, <laughs> like it's, yeah. I mean, the yeah, I, I sort of laugh and I'm sort of nodding along there because, you know, I've, I've not only experienced it for myself now, but I've seen it. I, I listen, I can see the trends in other people that also do the same thing. This is why people are so confused when they go, well, old mate made a clothing brand or he's sitting down. I always use the term, um, the example of origami. I don't know why it just comes into my head and it seems really simple. I'm like, he's getting paid a mint for doing origami. I'm like, yeah, but he actually loves it. Like where most people are mm -hmm. trying to find a thing, a vehicle, which achieves the money which is great but if the vehicle isn't the one you want to be driving then literally you're mm. wasting your time because as you said ultimately when it's all said and done you're still going to do the same things when you've got money you just might do them in a better hotel and a fancy car but you're still going to do the same thing so to kind of mm. i guess package that or even add my two cents on is to start with the end in mind and then work backwards but Again, you've got to really, people go, oh, and I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to go away. You need to marinate on it. As I say, you got to mm. marinate on it. You got to think about it. You got to explore it in words and concepts. So you've got to create that mental space in your head to actually get to that point. And when you sit in silence or you do have these opportunities to journal, a lot of the crap will come and just write or just think, and it's fine, but let that crap come out. And then all of a sudden they will start to get refinement and it'll become more quality and you'll get mm. things which are a little bit more concrete to hold on to. And one more thing that I will tack on uh, because I'm super big on this, especially as of like everyone's bloody busy, aren't they? Everyone's busy. I'm using air quotes. Bullshit, man. And I know it's become an automated reply and I sometimes almost catch myself and I go, no, I'm not busy. And, you know, and, and I won't go into great detail because it's I don't need to tell people if they just ask me how I'm going. But you go, are you busy? Business busy? I'm like, no, it's productive because busy is a complaint disguised as a, a brag people go oh, i'm busy i'm like you're busy my ass you're busy doing fuck mm. all mate you know i've got a calendar event on my midday and it says are you know are you being productive or are you inventing things to do because most people invent things to do like you said everyone's doing bloody emails matt that's what they're doing yeah. oh gotta send an email gotta send an email no you don't no, you don't. Yeah. You've been pissing around on your phone for five minutes on and off. You realize you've opened <laughs> up Instagram five times in this space of 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and people will be, they'll be, ah, I know people are nodding along now and having a bit of a chuckle because we're all guilty of it. But, you know, I think to give something, someone actionable, best thing you can do, switch those notifications off, choose a couple of mediums, check it once or twice a day. It's going to be hard, but you got to be, you know, productive because ultimately less is yeah. more.
set and doing less, smaller yeah. targets every day, no more than three, even one or two. And like you said, find out the thing that you enjoy that gives you the most return on investment and do that. And oftentimes yeah. that's the thing that grows your business. It's like what we do now, like this podcasting for me, I love it. Like you, I'm best in, I'm, I'm at my best when I'm in front of people. I just, I can talk. I've got the gift of the gab. I'm honing that skill. Still got a lot to learn, but I'm best when I'm in front of people or when I can communicate. For me, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a showman. So I'm great in front of the camera. I love being in front of the camera. People know it. I own it. I love posing. I love chatting. I love, mate, get me up on the stage. I'll be buzzing. I'll, I'll, you know, what do you say? I don't know. Just put me up on stage. I'll get something valuable out there. <laughs> put you know, it out. That's what I do. Exactly. I so it would make on. no sense whatsoever for you to be sitting there, right? And you may also be good mm. at writing, but being mm. good at something isn't a good enough reason to continue to do it. So you might also be really good at writing, but if that's not really where your zone of genius is or where you feel in most flow, you would be wasting a lot of your time in business doing that. Yeah. You right. Know, in the same way that is not for me. Exactly. But there's a lot of people out there, like you said, that are doing it because they feel like they need to do it because that's how people, you know, that's how we build a business, yada, yada, yada. Right. And really on the tune of like doing less is more. So everyone knows who Jeff Bezos is, right? Mm. And um, so Jeff Bezos says that he aspires and does just two things. uh, Sorry, one thing every day. Do you know what that thing is? What Jeff Bezos does? Yep. Yeah, go on to make two strategic decisions every day. That is him down to the most, that's just, that's it. Not make two strategic decisions every day, as well as write out seven different emails every day, as well as do this every, and this every day, and that every day, and this every day to get, and before people start going, well, Matt, that's Jeff Bezos, I'm not Jeff Bezos. The point, don't fucking get it twisted. Think about what I'm saying. Jeff Bezos knows that he attributes most of his growth in business down to the fact that he asks, uh, sorry, makes two strategic decisions a day. And if he, if he does that, if he makes two strategic decisions every day, he will grow his business. His business is going to move and two strategic decisions a day is far better than making 10 random decisions a day that might get you a bit closer to your fucking business goals or your body goals or your lifestyle goals, whatever. So again, I think like the tune of this, this last part, like this last 15, 20 minutes is really around the fact that, you know, people are doing a whole lot of stuff in their business, but a whole lot of stuff doesn't always equate to a whole lot of results. Yeah. This is the thing, you know, we sit down and it's the same in, fitness or any realms once again to use that dialogue but it's true and you can apply this principle to everything you know the 80 20 rule Pareto's law all of that 20 percent of the knowledge 20 percent of your clients 20 percent of your actions 20 percent of your thoughts 80 percent of the results and it goes a lot deeper than that and that would be another book if i could recommend one mm. um, which is rewritten and the 80 20 principle 80 20 principle by yeah. richard yeah. koch uh, he's from our neck of the woods and um absolutely phenomenal because it it's an easy concept to understand you go yeah 80 20 cool got it but it actually goes much deeper um and it's how you can take a lot of and this is the other adjunct i wanted to add on before everything becomes a lot easier everything becomes a lot more stress-free because one you're doing something you enjoy funny that so you're like cool happy to do it i want to do more of it (laughs) you do more of it yeah and then all of a sudden things like start to just align which is some an interesting concept I've had many, many, many conversations with many people on, which is 
like it almost seems too good to be true but it's not because you're like oh i'm i'm getting synergy like i feel like there's nothing like there's no great sort of i'm not working against the grain uh, in many respects even though there's a time and a place to do that but it's it's like opportunities are happening. Like podcasts just keep getting more and more. They get plentiful. They get better. There's more YouTube. There's more whatever it is to you that you're doing in your business. There's just a whole lot more of it, and you get so much more for so much less. And the better you do at that, you can make a ripple into an absolute tidal wave. And mm. that there is is very very cool. And then from the people on the outside, they're like, oh, it's all right for people like Bezos. He's a multimillionaire. But I'm like, yeah, but he started with the same concept. All he's done is scaled it and kept doing it. Like, it's not magic. But again, Mm -hmm. people are lost in the illusions of what they see right in front of them. And it's just like a magic trick. It's like people are so fixated on where the trick is. They miss the sleight of hand, which creates the trick. Where if you... If you look for something different, like in the questions, you will see something different and therefore you can actually see behind the facade and you don't have to get caught up in all the cosmetics. And I'll use a simple example again, just to kind of hammer that point home, which is clean, dirty eating. People are like, oh, it's clean, it's dirty. I'm like, doesn't matter. It doesn't exist. At the end of the day, it's energy balance. Start with that. That's the confounding factor. Adherence and energy balance is king. And if you get that right, guess what? everything else flows. And then you move on to the next important part of hierarchy, but everyone's focused on the top of the pyramid on bloody supplements. Got to get my protein shaken right after my workout. Got to do this. I'm like, mate, you've just been pissed on the weekend. You've not even trained properly. You don't even know how to do a proper movement pattern. You don't even know how many calories you're eating. You're not getting enough fruit, but all this, but and then, but yet you're focused on, again, it's the, it's the, um, relative equivalent of trying to put a cherry again on top of a cake, which doesn't exist. What's going to happen? You're just going to drop on the bloody floor, man. Now people it's always laugh. Inconsequential, hundred percent. Yeah, people laugh when I make these analogies and they love it. But I'm like, yeah, but you get it, don't you? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, you're laughing because it's funny. And they're like, yeah. But I'm like, you're also laughing because you've done it. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, and that's great. So have I. And it's not about the blame game. I said, but now you know. So and if you don't know, now you know. So no. now you do. <laughs> but you know, now exactly. you do. Exactly. And I think this you is know, this is valuable uh, to really a hundred percent. Another one that I would like to touch on would be what? to the previous question you asked, regarding like, you know, what are some of the things that you know I that I could I could mention? And there's a lot that I could mention, but just a few of the things I could mention that maybe help someone kind of move it forward. And I wrote about this today, actually, on um, my Instagram. And that is that uh, I actually wrote down two things. Um, The first one seems very amp for what we were just talking about, which is start doing and stop consuming. Like, just quit fucking consuming everything and just start doing something. That's a big one. Obviously, that speaks for itself. And then the second one was, um, this is probably the most important thing that I could say towards the end of this podcast. And that is to be around people that normalize success. Like I cannot stress how fucking important it is that you surround yourself with people that completely normalize the idea that is ridiculous, that complete that enter that love to entertain the conversations around how much stupid money you could make that want to talk about, you know, the most ridiculous plans that you have that to some people would seem ludicrous. Hang out with those people 
be intentional about finding those groups of people. And if you're struggling to find those groups of people, like I did, because I was looking around me and I was like, hmm, if it's true that you're like the five people you spend the most time with, that's probably why I'm a drug addict. But um, that's probably why I'm a fat bastard, right? Because I'm surrounded by people who don't care about their health, for example. So, but then it also works on the flip. That's why I've just made five figures this month. Why? Because look at the people that I'm around. Mm. So it comes down to normalizing success, like be around people that just completely normalize it. Oh, if look, if you turn around, you say, I'm going to lose 40 pounds this month and you get somebody turn around and I know it's quite a big number, but you get someone turn around and be like, well, that won't happen. Well, do you know how hard that's going to be? Oh, well, you know, my friend tried that and they didn't even get even close to that. That's all low level thinking and it's a scarcity based mindset and it's all coming from a place of lack and as if it can't happen. And if you stay around people like that, they're going to rub off on you. And eventually you're going to look around and you're going to be like, why don't I have the cool shit? Why don't I have what I want? Why, don't, why am I not accomplishing my goals? Well, it's mainly because you're around one, the wrong type of people, people that don't, don't get it and won't ever get it, no matter how much you want them to. And two, why you're not, because you're not around people that normalize the successes that you have. So mm. I just invested in, an, in another mastermind, right? And I did that mainly because of the power of proximity. I knew that if I invested my cash, I led that money down. It means getting around people that do, some people aren't doing as well as me, but there are people that are doing exceedingly better. And when I turn up on a call, and I'm like, yo, so my next goal is to charge seven and a half thousand GBP for my one-to-one eight-week fast track. How much? Seven and a half thousand pound for eight weeks of coaching? Well, how many calls is that? It's eight calls. That's that's ridiculous. No one will ever pay that. Guess when the last person was that told me that? They didn't because I'm around the right fucking people. And when I said that, they were like, that's an awesome goal. In fact, What's stopping you from charging 12 and a half? This is, this is really interesting, this point. You've made a couple of other salient points. The scarcity versus the abundance mindset, the average of the five people you hang around with, just as kind of bullet point summarize, and, and also the ideologies of, of, like you said, normalizing success because we have to change that. Now, a lot of people go, oh, well, I'm just think it to happen and you touch base on that before and it's like people always go it's the secret it's the secret i'm like fuck that shit it's not like <laughs> at the end of the day like action has to follow you know conception otherwise it doesn't eventuate you can't just sit there and go right shredded wake up tomorrow greet god like physique because if it was that easy everyone would do it the answers are always there in the smallest things and the biggest things and i think success leaves clues right and perhaps to, before we wrap it up with some uh, fire, rapid fire questions uh, and a couple of other things, because uh, we probably will need a part two again, which will be great. And I sort of apprehended that. And I think we can sort of spearhead that next time with the feedback we get back from the guests, because I know this is going to be super valuable because it's actually real applicable stuff, which not a lot of people are teaching. It's out there, but again, it's bombarded with all of the bullshit mm. as always. And that is with pricing, it's so interesting. It's so, so interesting because we've all been there as well, this perception of value. And people always go, oh, but I could never charge. I don't. Well, the first point there is, well, if you don't believe it, you never will. But obviously, mm -hmm. there is a process to get there. And there's a reason why, again, you know, you've got these top brands who charge what they charge. And if 
if it was true, if that dialogue was true, then those brands and those people wouldn't exist. So straight away, you can just nail that one in the bag and get it out of your head from a, from a, is it real? Because it is definitely real. But then obviously you have to ask these questions. You have to start and then you obviously build it up over time. But if you believe in what you deliver and you deliver that, you could, I mean, you know, people look at me and even what I charge in my gym, it's, I don't think it's extortionate at all. I mean, I'm continue to put my prices up, not for the sake of it, because I know how much value I offer. I believe in myself. I believe in mm -hmm. what I do and I deliver. And the people I attract also believe that. And I think to tack on again to what you said is don't worry about people who don't get it. Don't focus on them. Focus on the people who do get it because those are the people who value your time and they will pay. And guess what? You know, when you put your prices up, you lose some people. They're, they're the people that don't value it or they're not your clientele. The people who do value it and who are your clients are the people who will go, you know what, I, I'm going to make this happen. I'm all in. I'm going to commit to it. Or they go and they might consume your other content, which is mm. uh, content which is more applicable. But when you're working one-on-one -on -one premium service with these people and you're charging that sort of price and you're delivering that service, that's the type of customer you're going to get turning up at your door. And it's the same with the mentors, like you said, Matt get around to reiterate people who normalize success because ultimately you are the average of the five people you hang around with. And if people are going, nah, you, you can't do like, nah, that's not like, I'm all about being real, but I, I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, someone who is a, an optimist, if you like, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not a pessimist and mm. ultimately you've got to be able to align with those people. So I think so much, so much value, in this conversation mm. Matt, for people um and man we didn't even charge anyone for this one so man, you guys, <laughs> right <laughs> but um it's, it's it's again it's not about that we me and matt are doing what we love here what i'd love to go into now is some rapid fire questions they're a little bit more cool. humanistic they're a bit more fun and then we're gonna end on the sort of key question my hallmark question that i answer all my guests so the first one would be and this is just really simple and fun Knee-jerk reaction, if you could choose a superpower, what would it be and why? That is a great question. And I, no doubt, because I've thought about this in great detail, I'm a big Marvels fan. DC and love as well, but Marvels, I am like all over that, right? So I have thought about this. Um, if I could pick up Thor's hammer, it would totally be the God of Thunder. But, you know, we're talking about a superpower. And I don't know if, if there's any power on Earth that's really stronger than, uh, or on the Nine Realms that's more stronger than Thor. However, I think what would be a really cool one, just to add a bit of fun to it, would be invisibility. Mm. Like that would be, that would be fucking rad, wouldn't it? Just to be able to be like, right, I'm going invisible now, incognito, bitch. Bam. <laughs> you know, it's. There's so many, this thing, I mean, I don't know, like you, I've spent way too long on that question, uh, but it's fun because <laughs> uh, it really gets you thinking, speaking of questions, and there's so many things you can do with each of them, uh, which is great. My, my second question would be based on, you know, the current situation. This is uh, something I like to ask all my guests at the moment because it seems appropriate. If you could wake up anywhere in the world tomorrow, obviously with your family or whoever you like, because that is a pivotal factor, where would it be and why? Yeah, so I've had this thing about going to Bali now for a while. Um, mainly, you know, and we did speak about that <laughs> at the beginning. 
It's but, appropriate. Um, it's come full yeah. circle. <laughs> it's come full fucking circle. Um, and I would really love to do that still um, because I feel like there's a lot of other, you know, um, there's a lot of other people from all over the world. It's very diverse there. Um, there. Whilst there are a lot of people skimming by on a budget and making themselves look like they're successful in their Instagram photos, there is equally a lot of successful people out there. And I think that it'd be a great place to network. I think that it'd be a, a great place to host an event, which is also something that, you know, I would love to put together maybe in 2022. Um, and also a great place for my kids. Like, I just think that them to see some beautiful paradise in the world would be something that I never got. I, you know, been to Butlins when I was younger and I didn't actually go on an abroad, a holiday abroad until I was, oh, like, must've been 18 years old. So therefore I've, I've lacked when it comes to travel and uh, Bali is one of them to just really stick out for me because it looks like paradise probably smells like paradise and uh like i said you can network there and, and meet some uh, some power players so that would probably be it fair enough yeah i think that's an appropriate answer based on what we've been talking about my friend and i'm sure you'll make it a reality sooner rather than later and the last question i've been asking a lot of my podcast guests of late just because it's something i'm interested in is if you could invite three people to dinner dead or alive who would you invite to dinner to have a chat with? <laughs> I'm going to get some hate for this, but you know, I'd love to ask Hitler some questions. Yeah. And, and I say that not, not because I idolize Hitler, obviously, but mm. because um, in order for him to have been able to do what he did, he had some next level persuasion skills. Mm -hmm. Like I want to know what sort of things, like how he, how did he indoctrinate, uh, you know, a group of people and build an army of people that you, you know, th that would do such. It's not the, the fact they've done the heinous things, but mm -hmm. the fact that you could indoctrinate people like that on that level and get them to carry out an action for you, um, positive or negative, is to me very powerful character trait. So I would want to ask him some questions about that. Um, second to that, I think I would probably, I would probably ask to get my granddad back because I didn't really get a chance to really get to know him over the years. And he died, like, I don't even know how many years ago now, but he died of cancer. And I didn't really ever bond with him. I never really had, um, you know, like that extended family thing either. So, you know, when he passed, although I didn't, I, you know, didn't really know him at all at the time. I think that it would be cool to kind of chat with him and and find out a little bit more about why he was the way he was because a lot of my money beliefs get this that I've now banished because they were holding me back like yours they are not your beliefs they were someone else's mm. and a lot of the beliefs that I had around money the reason I had a poverty mindset and why I had it wired that way was because of how I saw him treat money and how he told me what money was from a young age so although we didn't really bond he was a bit of a, 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 a you know he smoked like 40 50 a day and his flat used to stink it was horrible you go in there and it's passive like it was just in your face he was you know like that but at the same time i would probably get him back to just ask him some questions about you know why he was the way he was and um i think that would be quite an insight um and then the third person probably be you do this again mate i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm honored 
that would be uh, one hell of a conversation. Very fascinating. <laughs> well, to be sitting down and even, you know, to kind of go one more question deep is how, when I asked that question, how each guest would also interact with the other guests. You know, there's just, mm. again, you can go deep with it, but it is, it's always very fascinating. That's for sure. And my last yep. question would be, which I ask all my guests, which is, could you identify a fear in your life? Something that is sentimental, could be big, could be small, could be recent, could be far. What the fear is, if you have overcome it, or if you're still working on overcoming it, and what you have learned from that fear. Yeah, so I used to, uh, I used to fear death. Um, and I guess I fear death for the same reason as many other people, because we don't talk about it. It's not spoken about. It's very taboo. It's very like, you know, put that one under the stairs and don't, don't even talk about that. Don't bring that death conversation out and about. But here's the thing, man. I mean, death is part of life and it's there's humility in in that you know there's humility in the fact that we don't get to do this forever and, th and this is one of the things that is a whole nother conversation but what kind of frustrates me about how the world is handling what's going on right now you know in this very like you know we can just create a vaccine to get around nature or we can just you know take this pill to do this or whatever it's just like no i i feel like it's all gone very much the wrong way so mm. um to, and, and it's in this and it's gone this way of like that you can almost change like if, look, if someone's going to die they're going to die and we need to get fucking very radically honest with ourselves and accept that life is death is part of life as life is part of death and 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 that was something for me that i really had to overcome because you know i this is something i'm gonna be a bit vulnerable i have been i guess fortunate enough to although people in my family have died my, my granddad my nan and things like that i have never really been affected by a death i have not lost anyone who i would i would deem as being um extremely close to me um and i've never really dealt with grief and the reason why I wanted to rid this idea of death being like, you know, a horrible thing that's going to happen and it's going to destroy and it's going to cause grief and yada, yada, yada. I've really spent some time on understanding that, again, life is just part of de death is part of life and life is part of death. And, and I accept, yes, whilst it would be shit to lose somebody, whilst it would be terrible, in fact, for me to be, you know, not here, like that is the humility of being human. And we need to just get very you know okay with that so the fear i used to have was around you know dying leaving people behind not knowing what's going to happen next whatever but now i'm just like obviously i do things and i make the as good a decisions as i can every day to ensure that my health is good and my and my family's health is good and you know we drink a lot of water and we eat good food mainly whole food mainly plants well i just eat plants um but my partner you know mainly plants and you know, we, we exercise, we do, we do things that I'm looking after myself. I'm looking after my body. I'm looking after this vessel, but should the day come where, you know, that needs to be switched off for whatever reason at whatever time. Um, I am just very okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that, you know, there is an, there's another place that I'm sure I'll go. There's another place where my energy will flow and I've become very okay with that. Yeah. 
And I think that's a, uh, a wonderful cliffhanger and footnote to perhaps leave people with more thought-provoking conversations. Matt, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your insights, your experiences, and, and all of the things that you bring to the table for many of your clients and also the listeners here today. For people who want to listen to more of your fit stories, they want to follow along with you, where are the best places to link up with that? Cool. So um, I would suggest that everybody right now, especially if you are into personal development and business, that you get on Clubhouse. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Clubhouse since Clubhouse became Clubhouse. And it was like, oh, well, what's the point? It's just another app, yada, yada, yada. Honestly, I've made some of the tightest and best connections for not just myself, but also business on Clubhouse. It's an amazing platform. So if you are on Clubhouse or you've just heard about it now and you're like, I want to get on that, it's at official underscore burbs and the same is on Instagram. Instagram is at official underscore burbs. Um, and really the two best places. I also have, if you're a fitness coach, a wellness coach, um, to be honest, a fitness business coach, because we can connect as well. I have a lot of podcasts. Um, the fit community is a place. Um, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, where before we went on live, I don't spend a lot of time anymore on social media, like posting and making sure that I'm always on stories. But where I do, where I am, I try to show up with something that is going to be of interest to people, that is going to help people, that is that is like something that people might want to hear. I'm not like one of those people to show up every day on on fucking social media because that's how it's supposed to be. It's not how it is, and I don't enjoy it, so therefore I won't do it. But when I do show up, it would be great to connect with some of you guys. And bro, I want to say thank you. Oh, also the podcast, Fit Story TV, which I'm sure you're going to plug. But mate, thank you for um, inviting me on, man. I've enjoyed this. It's been a long time since I've done a pop, like a guest feature on a podcast, by the way. Different, isn't it? It's funny because it's mm. only on the opposite end of the mic, but it has a completely different feel to it when you're, so you don't have to maybe facilitate. But not even that, it's just you're on the opposing end of the yin and the yang, if you will. But no, for sure. And I urge everyone to go over and listen and tune into your podcast because you've got a lot of value to share amongst a lot of other brilliant minds and inspirational stories. And of course, for everyone listening, I'm going to link that down below in the show notes, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, and every other platform, because it's on there. It is absolutely on there. And I will ask a small favor. I know some of you have already done it. I will ask if it is safe to do so to leave a rating, to leave a review, because it helps the channel grow. It's a small little act. It takes a few minutes, but it means an absolute lot. I want to thank you to everyone who subscribed as of recent. We've had a massive spike on YouTube and I appreciate that. So please, for those of you who haven't, please subscribe if you like it. Do all of the like, the comment. Let me and Matt know what you enjoyed about this podcast. Send us a message on whatever platform you like through whatever medium. Let us know what you want to hear more of. We will definitely tee up around two. And of course, until the next episode, until the next video or whatever it is that you're tuning into, stay fearless.